Chapter 20, Part 2 of 2 of Herndon's Lincoln. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. Herndon's Lincoln by William H. Herndon and Jesse William Wyke. Section 34. Mr. Lincoln believed that the great leading law of human nature is motive. He reasoned all ideas of a disinterested action out of my mind. I used to hold that an action could be pure, disinterested, and wholly free from selfishness. But he divested me of that delusion. His idea was that all human actions were caused by motives, and that at the bottom of these motives was self. He defied me to act without motive and unselfishly, and when I did the act and told him of it, he analyzed and sifted it to the last grain. After he had concluded, I could not avoid the admission that he had demonstrated the absolute selfishness of the entire act. Although a profound analyzer of the laws of human nature, he could form no just construction of the motives of the particular individual. He knew but little of the play of the features as seen in the human face divine. He could not distinguish between the paleness of anger and the crimson tint of modesty. In determining what each play of the features indicated, he was pitiably weak. The great predominating elements of Mr. Lincoln's peculiar character were, first, his great capacity and power of reason, second, his conscience and his excellent understanding, third, an exalted idea of the sense of right and equity, fourth, his intense veneration of the true and the good, his conscience, his heart, and all the faculties and qualities of his mind bowed submissively to the despotism of his reason. He lived and acted from the standard of reason, that throne of logic, home of principle, the realm of deity in man. It is from this point Mr. Lincoln must be viewed. Not only was he cautious, patient, and enduring, not only had he concentration and great continuity of thought, but he had profound analytical power. His vision was clear, and he was emphatically the master of statement. His pursuit of the truth, as before mentioned, was indefatigable. He reasoned from well-chosen principles with such clearness, force, and directness that the tallest intellects in the land bowed to him. He was the strongest man I ever saw, looking at him from the elevated standpoint of reason and logic. He came down from that height with irresistible and crashing force. His Cooper Institute and other printed speeches will prove this, but his speeches before the courts, especially the Supreme Court of Illinois, if they had been preserved, would demonstrate it still more plainly. Here he demanded time to think and prepare. The office of reason is to determine the truth, Truth is the power of reason, and Lincoln loved truth for its own sake. It was to him reason's food. Conscience, the second great quality of Mr. Lincoln's character, 
is that faculty which induces in us love of the just its real office is justice right and equity are its correlatives as a court it is in session continuously it decides all acts at all times mr lincoln had a deep broad living conscience his reason however was the real judge it told him what was true or false and therefore good or bad right or wrong just or unjust and his conscience echoed back the decision his conscience ruled his heart he was always just before he was generous it cannot be said of any mortal that he was always absolutely just neither was lincoln always just but his general life was it follows that if mr lincoln had great reason and great conscience he must have been an honest man and so he was he was rightfully entitled to the appellation honest abe honesty was his polar star mr lincoln also had a good understanding that is the faculty that comprehends the exact state of things and determines their relations near or remote the understanding does not necessarily inquire for the reason of things while lincoln was odd and original while he lived out of himself and by himself and while he could absorb but little from others yet a reading of his speeches messages and letters satisfies us that he had good understanding but the strongest point in his make-up was the knowledge he had of himself he comprehended and understood his own capacity what he did and why he did it better perhaps than any man of his day he had a wider and deeper comprehension of his environments of the political conditions especially than men who were more learned or had had the benefits of a more thorough training he was a very sensitive man modest to the point of diffidence and often hid himself in the masses to prevent the discovery of his identity he was not indifferent however to approbation and public opinion he had no disgusting egotism and no pompous pride no aristocracy no haughtiness no vanity merging together the qualities of his nature he was a meek quiet unobtrusive gentleman as many contradictory opinions prevail in reference to mr lincoln's heart and humanity as on the question of his judgment as many persons perhaps contend that he was cold and obdurate as that he was warm and affectionate the first thing the world met in contact with him was his head and conscience after that he exposed the tender side of his nature his heart subject at all times to his exalted sense of right and equity namely his conscience in proportion as he held his conscience subject to his head he held his heart subject to his head and conscience his humanity had to defer to his sense of justice and the eternal right his heart was the lowest of these organs if we may call them such the weakest of the three some men have reversed this order and characterized his heart as his ruling organ this estimate of mr lincoln endows him with love regardless of truth justice and right the question still is 
was lincoln cold and heartless or warm and affectionate can a man be all heart all head and all conscience some of these are masters over the others some will be dominant ruling with imperial sway and thus giving character to the man what in the first place do we mean by a warm-hearted man is it one who goes out of himself and reaches for others spontaneously seeking to correct some abuse to mankind because of a deep love for humanity apart from equity and truth and who does what he does for love's sake if so mr lincoln was a cold man if a man woman or child approached him and the prayer of such an one was granted that itself was not evidence of his love the african was enslaved and deprived of his rights a principle was violated in doing so rights imply obligations as well as duties mr lincoln was president he was in a position that made it his duty through his sense of right his love of principle the constitutional obligations imposed on him by the oath of office to strike the blow against slavery but did he do it for love he has himself answered the question quote, i would not free the slaves if i could preserve the union without it End quote. when he freed the slaves there was no heart in the act this argument can be used against his two enthusiastic friends in general terms his life was cold at least characterized by what many persons would deem great indifference he had however a strong latent capacity to love but the object must first come in the guise of a principle next it must be right and true then it was lovely in his sight he loved humanity when it was oppressed an abstract love as against the concrete love centered in an individual he rarely used terms of endearment and yet he was proverbially tender and gentle he gave the keynote to his own character when he said quote, with malice towards none with charity for all End quote. in proportion to his want of deep intense love he had no hate and bore no malice his charity for an imperfect man was as broad as his devotion to principle was enduring but was not mr lincoln a man of great humanity asks a friend at my elbow to which i reply has not that question been answered already let us suppose it has not we must understand each other what is meant by his humanity is it meant that he had much of human nature in him if so i grant that he was a man of humanity if in the event of the above definition being unsatisfactory or untrue it is meant that he was tender and kind then i again agree but if the inference is that he would sacrifice truth or right in the slightest degree for the love of a friend then he was neither tender nor kind nor did he have any humanity the law of human nature is such that it cannot be all head all conscience and all heart in one person at the same time 
our maker so constituted things that where god through reason blazed the way we might boldly walk therein the glory of mr lincoln's power lay in the just and magnificent equipoise of head conscience and heart and here his fame must rest or not at all not only were mr lincoln's perceptions good not only was nature suggestive to him not only was he original and strong not only had he great reason good understanding not only did he love the true and the good the eternal right not only was he tender and sympathetic and kind but in due proportion and in legitimate subordination he had a glorious combination of them all through his perceptions the suggestiveness of nature his originality and strength through his magnificent reason his understanding his conscience his tenderness quick sympathy his heart he approximated as nearly as human nature and the imperfections of man would permit to an embodiment of the great moral principle do unto others as ye would they should do unto you of mr lincoln's will-power there are two opinions also one that he lacked any will the other that he was all will both these contradictory views have their vehement and honest champions for the great underlying principles of mind in man he had great respect he loved the true first the right second and the good last his mind struggled for truth and his soul reached out for substances he cared not for forms ways methods the non-substantial things of this world he could not by reason of his structure and mental organization care anything about them he did not have an intense care for any particular or individual man the dollar property rank orders manners or similar things neither did he have any avarice or other like vice in his nature he detested somewhat all technical rules in law philosophy and other sciences mere forms everywhere because they were as a general thing founded on arbitrary thoughts and ideas and not on reason truth and the right these things seemed to him lacking in substance and he disregarded them because they cramped the originality of his genius what suited a little narrow critical mind did not suit mr lincoln any more than a child's clothes would fit his father's body generally he took no interest in town affairs or local elections he attended no meetings that pertained to local interests he did not care because by reason of his nature he could not who succeeded to the presidency of this or that society or railroad company who made the most money who was going to philadelphia and what were the costs of such a trip who was going to be married who among his friends got this office or that who was elected street commissioner or health inspector no principle of truth right or justice being involved in any of these things he could not be moved by them a bitter malignant fool who always had opposed lincoln and his friends 
and had lost no opportunity to abuse them, induced Lincoln to go to the governor of Illinois and recommend him for an important office in the state militia. There being no principle at stake, Lincoln could not refuse the request. When his friends heard of it, they were furious in their denunciation of his action. It mortified him greatly to learn that he had displeased them. And yet, he said a few days later, dwelling on the matter to me in the office, I couldn't well refuse the little the fellow asked of me. Sometimes I feel, he added dryly, that it's a good thing I wasn't born a woman. He could not understand why men struggled so desperately for the little glory or lesser salary the small offices afforded. He made this remark to me one day in Washington. Quote, if ever this free people, this government, is utterly demoralized, it will come from this human struggle for office, a way to live without work. Quote. It puzzled him a good deal, he said, to get at the root of this dreaded disease, which spread like contagion during the nation's death struggle. Because he could not feel a deep interest in the things referred to, nor manifest the same interest in those who were engaged in the popular scramble, he was called indifferent, nay, ungrateful, to his friends. This estimate of the man was a very unjust as well as unfair one. Mr. Lincoln loved his friends with commendable loyalty. In many cases he clung to them tenaciously like iron to iron welded, and yet because he could not be actively aroused, nor enter into the spirit of their anxiety for office, he was called ungrateful. But he was not so. He may have seemed passive and lacking in interest. He may not have measured his friendly duties by the applicant's hot desire. But yet he was never ungrateful, neither was he a selfish man. He would never have performed an act, even to promote himself to presidency, if by that act any human being was wronged. If it is said that he preferred Abraham Lincoln to anyone else in the pursuit of his ambition, and that because of this he was a selfish man, then I can see no impropriety in the charge. Under the same conditions, we should all be equally guilty. Remembering that Mr. Lincoln's mind moved logically, slowly, and cautiously, the question of his will and its power is easily solved. Although he cared but little for simple facts, rules, and methods, he did care for the truth and right of principle. In debate, he courteously granted all the forms and non-essential things to his opponent. Sometimes he yielded nine points out of ten. The nine he brushed aside as husks or rubbish. But the tenth, being a question of substance, he clung to with all his might. On the underlying principles of truth and justice, his will was as firm as steel and as tenacious as iron. It was as solid, real, and vital as an idea on which the world turns. He scorned to support or adopt an untrue position, in proportion as his conscience prevented him from doing an unjust thing, 
ask him to sacrifice in the slightest degree his convictions of truth as he was asked to do when he made his house divided against itself speech and his soul would have exclaimed with indignant scorn the world perish first such was lincoln's will because on one line of questions the non-essential he was pliable and on the other he was as immovable as the rocks have arisen the contradictory notions prevalent regarding him it only remains to say that he was inflexible and unbending in human transactions when it was necessary to be so and not otherwise at one moment he was pliable and expansive as gentle air at the next as tenacious and unyielding as gravity itself from robert dale owen january twenty second eighteen sixty seven manuscript again mr lincoln seems to me too true and honest a man to have his eulogy written and i have no taste for writing eulogies i am sure that if he were alive he would feel that the exact truth regarding himself was far more worthy of himself and of his biographer than any flattering picture i love the man as he was with his rugged features his coarse rebellious hair his sad dreamy eyes and i love to see him and i hope to describe him as he was and not otherwise thus i have traced mr lincoln through his perceptions his suggestiveness his judgment and his four predominant qualities powers of reason understanding conscience and heart in the grand review of his peculiar characteristics nothing creates such an impressive effect as his love of the truth it looms up over everything else his life is proof of the assertion that he never yielded in his fundamental conception of truth to any man for any end all the follies and wrong mr lincoln ever fell into or committed sprang out of these weak points the want of intuitive judgment the lack of quick sagacious knowledge of the play and meaning of men's features as written on the face the want of the sense of propriety of things his tenderness and mercy and lastly his unsuspecting nature he was deeply and sincerely honest himself and assumed that others were so he never suspected men and hence in dealing with them he was easily imposed upon all the wise and good things mr lincoln ever did sprang out of his great reason his conscience his understanding his heart his love of the truth the right and the good i am speaking now of his particular and individual faculties and qualities not of their combination or the result of any combinations run out these qualities and faculties abstractly and see what they produce for instance a tender heart a strong reason a broad understanding an exalted conscience a love of the true and the good must proportioned reasonably and applied practically produce a man of great power and great humanity as illustrative of a combination in mr lincoln's organization 
it may be said that his eloquence lay in the strength of his logical faculty his supreme power of reasoning his great understanding and his love of principle in his clear and accurate vision in his cool and masterly statement of principles around which the issues gathered and in the statement of those issues and the grouping of the facts that are to carry conviction to the minds of men of every grade of intelligence he was so clear that he could not be misunderstood or long misrepresented he stood square and bolt upright to his convictions and any one who listened to him would be convinced that he formed his thoughts and utterances by them his mind was not exactly a wide broad generalizing and comprehensive mind nor yet a versatile quick and subtle one bounding here and there as emergencies demanded but it was deep enduring strong like a majestic machine running in deep iron grooves with heavy flanges on its wheels mr lincoln himself was a very sensitive man and hence in dealing with others he avoided wounding their hearts or puncturing their sensibility he was unusually considerate of the feelings of other men regardless of their rank condition or station at first sight he struck one with his plainness simplicity of manner sincerity candor and truthfulness he had no double interests and no overwhelming dignity with which to chill the air around his visitor he was always easy of approach and thoroughly democratic he seemed to throw a charm around every man who ever met him to be in his presence was a pleasure and no man ever left his company with injured feelings unless most richly deserved the universal testimony he is an honest man gave him a firm hold on the masses and they trusted him with a blind religious faith his sad melancholy face excited their sympathy and when the dark days came it was their heart-strings that entwined and sustained him sympathy we are told is one of the strongest and noblest incentives to human action with the sympathy and love of the people to sustain him lincoln had unlimited power over them he threw an invisible and weightless harness over them and drove them through disaster and desperation to final victory the trust and worship by the people of lincoln were the result of his simple character he held himself not aloof from the masses he became one of them they feared together they struggled together they hoped together thus melted and molded into one they became one in thought one in will one in action if lincoln cautiously awaited the full development of the last fact in the great drama before he acted when longer waiting would be a crime he knew that the people were determinedly at his back thus when a blow was struck it came with the unerring aim and power of a bolt from heaven a natural king not ruling men but leading them along the drifts and trends of their own tendencies always keeping in mind the consent of the governed he developed what the future historian will call the sublimest order of conservative statesmanship whatever of life 
vigor, force, and power of eloquence his peculiar qualities gave him, whatever there was in a fair, manly, honest, and impartial administration of justice under law to all men at all times, whatever there was in a strong will in the right governed by tenderness and mercy, whatever there was in toil and sublime patience, whatever there was in these things, or a wise combination of them, Lincoln is justly entitled to in making up the impartial verdict of history. These limit and define him as a statesman, as an orator, as an executive of the nation, and as a man. They developed in all the walks of his life. They were his law. They were his nature. They were Abraham Lincoln. This long, bony, sad man floated down the Sangamon River in a frail canoe in the spring of 1831. Like a piece of driftwood, he lodged at last, without a history, strange, penniless, and alone. In sight of the capital of Illinois, in the fatigue of daily toil, he struggled for the necessaries of life. Thirty years later, this same peculiar man, left the Sangamon River, backed by friends, by power, by the patriotic prayers of millions of people, to be the ruler of the greatest nation in the world. As the leader of a brave people in their desperate struggle for national existence, Abraham Lincoln will always be an interesting historical character. His strong, honest, sagacious, and noble life will always possess a peculiar charm. Had it not been for his conservative statesmanship, his supreme confidence in the wisdom of the people, his extreme care in groping his way among facts and before ideas, this nation might have been two governments today. The low and feeble circulation of his blood, his healthful irritability, which responded so slowly to the effects of stimuli, the strength of his Herculean frame, his peculiar organism conserving its force, his sublime patience, his wonderful endurance, his great hand and heart, saved this country from division when division meant its irreparable ruin. The central figure of our national history, the sublime type of our civilization. Posterity, with the record of his career and actions before it, will decree that, whether Providence so ordained it or not, Abraham Lincoln was the man for the hour. End of section 34. Recording by Bill Mosley, Bernardo, Texas, USA.